Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Glenn Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. Luke chapter 4, after Jesus was tested by Satan, it says he came out of the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. And he began his earthly ministry at that time by going to his hometown of Nazareth, going to the synagogue on the Sabbath, which according to Jewish tradition, they would hand the scroll to a Jewish adult male and have the, that a Jewish adult male read from the scripture, which by the way, I believe Hanukkah is beginning tonight, the Feast of Dedication. Todd, you bought a, you bought a Hanukkah, didn't you? Well, your wife did. All right, put it next to her lion that you got. It's an inside joke. But it just so happened they handed the scroll to Jesus. It just so happened that the, that the reading for that week on that Sabbath was Isaiah 61 verse 1. And so Jesus taking the scroll, which is for them was called the Tanakh, which is for us the Old Testament uh, And he opened to the place of Isaiah 61, verse 1. He reads this verse, and then he says something most astounding. He says, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And so I want to read this. It's Luke 4, 18. The Spirit of the Lord, Jesus declared, is upon me, because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. The beautiful reality is that this prophetic word from Isaiah 61 was fulfilled in their hearing that day, and it's continuing to be fulfilled even today over 2,000 years later. Jesus is still still healing the sick, healing the brokenhearted, setting captives free, opening blind eyes, and he's using you and me to do it. And that's why he wants us to be around a company of people that can encourage each other. He came to heal the brokenhearted. He's continuing to heal the brokenhearted. Now, last week... um, Everyone's invited at 8.15 in the morning. You can make a day of it. We pray for the, the service, 8.15. We don't lock the front door. You can come in and get previews of what God wants to do in the day and, and just come and just help move things out of the way so that everything God wants done gets done. And so during pre-service prayer last week, I had this impression. I, I usually do it. I say, Holy Spirit, what I know a lot is on your heart for today, but... What is on your heart? What are you thinking? What are you feeling for this day? That was last Sunday. And I heard four words come into my thinking. It's like he's got a lot to say, but this came in just right away. He said, I'm filling in cracks. I'm filling in cracks. And whenever you get a prophetic impression, which basically not fancy term, it just means God's speaking to you, right? A thought comes in that's his thought. You know, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. The voice of a stranger, they'll not follow. So demystify the term prophetic word. But there are three stages of a prophetic word. There's the 
revelation, I'm filling in cracks. There's the interpretation, what does it mean? And then there's the application, what do I do about it? And so in this case, the, the filling in cracks, it was the interpretation that there are uh, broken places or fractures in our internal makeup that the Lord wants to bring healing to. I'm filling in cracks. Some examples of this are there are areas in some of us, our internal makeup, that uh, have a propensity to entertain irrational fears or a tendency for some to get easily offended. For others, it could be a tendency to uh, go into escape in, from stresses to escape into immorality. Those are just some of the cracks that, or the fault lines on the inside of us because we've all need, we're all continuing to need the Lord to do a work on the inside. Amen? So those are areas he wants to fill in. I believe for many in our nation, these cracks and others have become deeper and wider over the last two years with COVID, over the last two years with the tremendous social upheaval and cultural upheaval. They've caused these gaps to get wider. Their fears have gotten worse. Offenses have escalated. I mean, you just got to kind of see it when you're out driving. I mean, people are cutting people. I've, people are really using their horns a lot. They're getting exercise on their horn. Offenses have escalated. Immorality, sadly for many, has become a stronghold, has become an addiction. And so I sensed the Lord last week wanting to fill in the cracks and the gaps, and I believe the Lord wants to continue doing that today. He's already been doing that through worship and through this time. So I encourage you to just really be transparent before the Lord today. I believe he wants to do some work in our lives that will transform us and set us more and more free to love him, to love each other. Some people said before COVID, you know, I heard a lot of this before, you know, over two years ago. You know, if I just had more time, I'd read the word more or I would pray more. Or I would exercise more. Well, 2020, we all had more time. We all had more time. We were, there was lockdowns. There was all kinds of suspension of daily, of regular activity, of sporting events, and other kinds of things. So that the rhetorical question, I'm not pointing at you, is did we maximize that time? Did we uh, make good out of that time, make good use of it. You know, you know, for some, some got in the word more, some got into worry more. Some prayed more, some watched YouTube more. Some, you know, uh, did other kinds of things there. Some uh, exercised more, you know, they, they lifted weights more, and some lifted... 
the fork more, right? Now, I'm saying when I say some, I'm, you know, totally honest. I was not as consistent as I wanted to be. Uh, I would go in and out of the word and worry of exercise and Slim Jims. I didn't go, I went, didn't go to the gym, I went to Slim Jims. Actually, I don't like Slim Jims, I just thought that sounded cute. But we, I did back and forth, and I need God's mercy and grace more and more right now to stay consistent, to stay steady. Now's not the time to panic and fly back and forth. God, keep me steady. Keep us steady, Lord. Keep us steady. And so we are, we are in that, uh, that place. Paragraph B, uh, Roman number one, one of the negative effects has been mental and emotional damage from being isolated, locked down, mask wearing, uh, social distancing. That was the impression I had last week is the Lord wants to bring a, a degree of healing. He's wanting to heal our minds and our emotions. I, I had a picture in my mind of like, and I didn't know the word last week. I had to look at Pastor Nate and say, what's that thing that they do when they fill in cracks in drywall? I think it's spackle, right? Is that it? Okay. So the Lord spreading spackle on like a crack, you know. By, by the way, I went, my wife and I went to Lowe's this week to get some Christmas things, and I was kind of afraid they wouldn't let me in because they take a look at me and go, you don't belong in here because I'm so not a home improvement guy. You know, I thought I'd probably need Pastor Nate to come in with me and, you know, go, hey, he's with me. I, I'll vouch for him. <laughs> but he's my guy on understanding a lot of this. But that's really the picture I saw last week. The Lord wanting to take in, fill in, I guess so that they, I haven't even asked you this, Pastor Nate, I guess so they can like paint over the wall to make it smooth, drywall. Okay, thank you. So he wants to do that. Or the other picture I had was like a, a mortar. And I, I understood this too. You can't fill in a crack in a stone with like spackle, but you need like silicone mortar. Is that right? one of the ways. I looked it up. I googled it. So, so, we, so he wants to do that in us. 1 Peter 2.5 says we as Christians are living stones, but we've got cracks in our foundations. We've got areas uh, of, of damage. There are fault lines inside of us. Paragraph C, in addition to the loneliness and isolation and with remote learning for school children. It's throughout our culture, throughout our nation. It's caused a massive number of people to be starved for socialization. They couldn't go to sporting. They couldn't be in big crowds. And so there's been this, this starvation for socialization, a, a deep longing of the heart. Uh, the Greek philosopher Aristotle said... He said, uh, now don't jump on the whole thing because I understand we're not animals. But he said, man is by nature a social animal. Where the longing of each human heart is to be social. And so this starvation 
of, so, of being around, being around groups has had this effect where we need the Lord to reach in. In fact, I would say this, ultimately we do need each other. That's why we gather, right? We're gathering as a church, we need each other. But through the fellowship, the presence of the Lord is coming. I believe the, the, the great longing of our heart for socialization, for communion, is ultimately met through the Holy Spirit, reaching in, revealing the beauty of the Lord, revealing His presence. David said in Psalm 16, 11, In your presence, Lord, is fullness of joy. We don't know what all government things are going to continue to do. But I want to declare to you, you can go and be before the beauty of the Lord, the presence of the Lord, the Word of God, and He can satisfy that great hunger of your heart. In fact, it's the only safe place as things go up and down is to find that prayer closet, come to the prayer room, be, be engaged and connected with other believers who are looking to the Lord. And I believe that we're experiencing that. We're seeing that that happen right now. Paragraph D, along those lines, I had another impression last week. These were just two pictures that came during the, the prayer time last week. There was the filling in cracks, like with the spackle. And then I saw butterfly bandages uh, that were being applied to cuts Anybody know what a butterfly bandage is? Okay, so so the a butterfly bandage is something where the skin gets cut, you know, gets open, and if you put the bandage on, it 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 allows the skin to heal without having to do stitches, depending on how deep the cut is. It allows for no scarring to take place or a minimization of scarring. Now, this morning, I was looking at those two pictures in my heart last, uh, that I got last week. You know, cracks being filled in and butterfly bandages to heal cuts. And it just dawned on me, the cracks have to do with the wrongs we do. The, butterfl- the, 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 the healing of the cuts has to do with the wrongs done to us. It's the wrongs we do because we've got these fault lines that the Lord says, I want to fill those in, those, those things, so you won't keep doing those wrongs. And then the Lord in his tenderness is aware we've had wrongs done to us. And they're like wounds that the Lord wants to heal. I believe he wants to remove scars today. Definition of a scar is a mark left on the skin or within the body tissue where a wound or a burn or a sore has not healed completely and fibrous connective tissue has developed. You know, we hear the phrase, he was scarred for life after injuries to his face, his arms, his legs. But I want to declare to us in the Spirit as believers, the Lord wants to heal us physically. 
I'm, I've heard of people that have actually had scars get removed physically. The Lord also wants to heal the brokenhearted, those scars on the inside of us, those things that Jesus came, as we, we started with the verse, he came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to heal the scars on our heart that have kept us from trusting others. Some things happen to us and we're like, I don't trust like I used to fully. He wants to heal the scars so we can trust others more fully. He wants to heal scars today that have hindered us from progressing in the Lord, that have limited our success in life because we just couldn't get over something. I, about a year ago or more, I was praying with someone and didn't know much of their full story, but I was praying for this man, and I just touched his shoulder, and I get, sometimes I get these, these pictures, you know, you have to deal with it, that's kind of where I flow uh, on some of this, and, uh, and I put my hand on, over his heart right here, and I said, I just see like scars over your heart, and I believe the Lord wants to remove those scars. And, it, and the Lord gave me detail of what they were from, okay? He looked at me, his eyes got really big, and he said, I literally have scars over my chest right there over my heart. And it was, a, a, a gun went off, and there was different uh, situation that was related spiritually to that. I share that today because it just shows me how much the Lord is into healing the scars in our heart. And fill, filling in the cracks in our life. He wants to continue to do that today. Um, Angie Cornblith came up to me last week with when I talked about that word about scars. And she shared with me from her phone uh, a group called Casting Crowns has a song out called um, Scars in Heaven. Anybody heard it? She comes up and shares that. I mean, I love what it said. It's not in your notes, but this, this song reveals God's desire to heal us. It says this, and it's about a loved one who's gone to be with the Lord, who was probably battling sickness and pain and all kind of things. But here's what they say, in, Casting Crown says in the song, The only scars in heaven, they won't belong to me and you. There'll be no such thing as broken. And all the old will be made new. And the thought that makes me smile now, even as the tears fall down, is that the only scars in heaven are on the hands that hold you now. Thank you, Angie, for sharing that. Thank the Holy Spirit. Amen. Very good. It's comforting to know that one day... All our scars and wounds will be healed. But how encouraging to know also that by the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, there's power in the name of Jesus to not only break every chain, but to heal every scar. You know, we get more when we ask for more. Most of us here you may not have received Jesus before today, and I encourage you to receive him today. But most of us here, 
You've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you're going to heaven. But between now and then, there's more healing, there's more deliverance, there's more joy that is awaiting us if we will ask for more and trust him to move. Paragraph C. No, paragraph B. Some of the scars that he wants to heal us of are scars related to the last two years taking unpopular stands for righteousness. Taking unpopular stands, and it, we've, we've borne the brunt of pushback from people both outside the church and inside the church. Scars related to people pushing back and judging us and rejecting us because we believe it's a person's personal choice whether or not to get vaccinated. Because we believe that it's a person's personal choice to come to church in person and worship without wearing a mask. I mean, that's not that big right now, but boy, I'm telling you, a year, year and a half ago, that was big stuff. There are different things where right where we believe what righteousness, what the Holy Spirit is saying, is CRT is satanic. Sorry, it's yeah, it's online. Hi, everybody. See uh, that CRT is is evil. It's it's poisoning. It's trying to teach little children wrong things. I'm not going to get off onto all that, but when you when you take a stand against CRT, when you take a stance against the BLM movement. There's going to be some pushback. There's going to be some rejection. There could even be some scars. The Lord doesn't want to let that keep us from walking in love and walking in peace. Is anybody, y'all with me? All right, we're good? All right, good. Amen, Pastor. Amen. (laughs) More. More, more, more. More love, more power. Um, Some scars, paragraph C, You know, yeah, I'm going to say that maybe later. Hmm. Paragraph C, though, some scars have nothing to do with current events. They could be things that we have dealt with regarding rejection and betrayal from parents, from a spouse, from a family member, or a close friend. may not have been the last two years. It may have been 20, 30 years ago. Betrayal is a rejection from somebody close to you. Not from the world. The world around you can reject you. You know, oh, they didn't like me on Facebook. You know, oh, they didn't, you know. That's a rejection. That's not a betrayal. Betrayal is family. It's someone on your inner circle. Someone you trusted, you you ran with, you walked with. And, you know, that's where the betrayal, it's a deeper kind of wound, and it can leave scars. I heard one lady in her 50s uh, who, she gave a testimony that her life was completely transformed because she finally chose to lay down bitterness and resentment toward her ex-husband, whom they had been divorced for 20 years. But that was a scar keeping her from walking in the the kind of victory God wanted for her. Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 10, 
when they asked Jesus, the disciples asked him, what are the signs of the end of the age and the signs of your return? One of the signs is this, and that, that many will become offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. So that word betray is right there. It's the deeper pain of a family member, maybe even somebody you had Thanksgiving with. I know I'm getting into the touchy parts, but I believe the Lord wants to move today. I'm trusting that the invisible finger of God can reach into those places. I'm trusting the Holy Spirit to just reveal any areas like that. Our focus is on the Lord, but when we open up to Him, I'm trusting His finger to come in and His healing touch to come in and, and heal us and, and remove those areas of pain and fill in those, those gaps. Paragraph D, Jesus was familiar with betrayal. Jesus was familiar with everything we've gone through. Matthew 26, verse 50. Judas is betraying, is about to betray him. Jesus knew he was about to betray him. What did Jesus say to Judas? He said, friend, do what you came for. Friend, do what you came for. How could Jesus have, have released and re recovered from that kind of betrayal with love by calling him friend? I mean, Jesus, here's a, here's a phrase I heard Derek Prince say years ago. He said, he, said, Jesus, he said, when you get wounded, let love flow out of the wound. That's what happened with Jesus when Judas was betraying him, Judas had walked around with him three, three and a half years. Here's how Jesus let love flow out of the wound. He said, friend, do what you must. He was declaring my heart. He didn't react and go, you, how could you? He said, he didn't react. He responded with the love of the Father flowing through him. And if Jesus could do it that way as a man, then we can do the same thing when we're betrayed. We can do the same thing because Colossians 1.27 says, Christ is in you, the hope of glory. So when you get wounded by betrayal, by, by those kinds of rejections, you can let love flow out of the wound. I tell you, if I was Jesus, I don't know how much I could have trusted disciples after all that time. You know, I mean, all of them, he asked all of them in the Garden of Gethsemane, could you not tarry with me one hour, pray for me, I'm getting ready to sweat drops of blood, I'm going through this, and not one of them could tarry one hour. If I was Jesus, I don't know if I would have, could have trusted again. But Jesus did because he was in the love of the Father. You know, I, I, just my personal opinion, I think what kept Peter after he denied Jesus three times, what kept Peter going for God was Peter knew somehow on the inside of him, Jesus trusts me. He felt it. He sensed it. You can sense when people trust you. 
He felt that, and that lifted him. When you trust, when you can forgive and lay down resentment, you release trust to people. And you know what trust does? It lifts them up. It encourages them to keep on going, to keep pressing forward. When we don't have that, it limits us. It limits the people around us. Paragraph E. Worship team, if you could come on up. Worship team. When we forgive others and we're released from resentment, I wrote there, we're able, we, we're able to trust others again. And when we trust people, it lifts them. You've heard the phrase, the wind beneath my wings, that old song. Well, trust is an amazing thing for people around you. And some of us, you say, well, I trust, I trust my spouse. Well, that thing that happened years ago, maybe that, maybe that needs to get, that, there's a scar there that needs to be removed. James Ryle, you know, somebody, uh, James Ryle was an author in the, during revival in the 90s. He had a book called Hippo in the Garden. You know that book, Kathy Wilson? He, you may say, you know, it's easy for you to say, Glenn, <clears throat> about forgiving people. You don't, you don't know what they did to me. It's easy for you. Yeah, forgive, forgive. Well, James Ryle said this thing that was very helpful. He said, when you forgive someone, you're not saying what they did was okay. Many times what they did was not okay. Rather, you're acknowledging that you are not their judge, that God is. You, you say, Lord, by, by, not by emotion, by feeling, but I choose to forgive. And I release them. I'm not their judge. I choose to forgive and I release them to you to have your way. Sometimes it's helped me in the past before because when something was really deep, I would cup my hands and I would, I would put in my little hand, my cup the thing they did to me or the thing that hurt. And I say, Lord, I see this and I see how uh, the cross and how much you forgave me so now, by an act of my will, I release them and I release this hurt, this thing, this wrong they did. I release it to you. I open it up and I give it to him. That helps me. I want to be practical today and not just say, oh, just, just forgive. Would you stand up if you would? want to give time for ministry today I want to ask the Holy Spirit to lead us during this time if you're wounded let love flow out of the wound like Jesus did I heard a story of a 12 year old girl it was actually a set of meetings in Austin Texas a long time ago really decades ago but this 12-year-old girl had a bone disease that caused her bones to, to bend outward. And her mother brought her to a meeting, a series of meetings, and the minister and the mother uh, watched. They, the minister held out her legs and watched her legs straighten. 
they both watched the legs straighten. It was a miracle. That 12-year-old girl walked out completely healed, walked out straight because God did a miracle which had not happened for years and years. She wasn't able to do that. That night, the mother, the Lord woke the mother up in the middle of the night and said, healing many times begins on the inside. And the Lord used that to to convict her of bitterness and resentment she'd had. See, he showed her what, the Lord showed her what he was capable of doing, but then he laid out some conditions. We got to get the inside right. Because many times, physical healing on the outside is tied to healing on the inside. Some of us, some watching online, you may be dealing and saying, why am I not healed? It could be because something needs to get right on the inside. I'm certainly not pointing any kind of fingers. But you know what? There are no barriers to physical healing on God's side. Barriers are not on God's side. All of those barriers were taken, were torn down by the cross by the blood of Jesus. If there are barriers, they are on our side. So I want to give us an opportunity to lay down any of those barriers. Some of you today are hopefully going to experience healing on the inside. Filling in cracks, removing scars. And it may open the door for healing on the outside. I want to give you an opportunity to respond to what I've shared. Let the barriers down. And I want to talk specifically to three types of people today. People today who need to forgive your parents. It might have been decades ago. They may not be here on, they not may not be living right now, but there's an area of unforgiveness you need to forgive them because the rejection and the resentment is still there. And today, you want to, the Lord wants you to lay down bitterness, resentment, and the Lord wants you to be delivered of rejection and know the full acceptance of God in Jesus Christ. And let that aching, wounded heart of yours be healed second type of person is you need, you've been betrayed or wounded by a spouse. Maybe your husband, maybe your wife, and you've never really overcome that betrayal. You've never fully forgiven them, and you've never been willing to fully trust them again. The third group of people is people who've been rejected by a dear friend, a family member, maybe immediate family or extended family. And so I want those now to come forward without any kind of hype, without any pressure or emotionalism. I want to invite you to come forward and stand at this altar not by emotionalism, but by a decision of your will, because things like this are a matter of internal choice. 
You're coming to lay down the offense. of what I said I'm going to lead you in a confession of faith just continue to come forward continue there's still more room up here I'm going to lead you in a prayer and a confession of faith and when you've said the prayer I don't want you to put your eyes on me I want you to just let the Lord do what he wants to do I want you to follow me in this statement that you're making to the Lord. And I want you to realize that you are dealing with the Lord and not with me. And he's dealing with you by the Holy Spirit. So I want you to choose to just expose yourself to the Holy Spirit right now. He's the finger of God. He can reach in and pull out that shrapnel that's been festering for so long. I'm not going to rush this. If you feel the Lord dealing with you, I'm asking you to come forward as an act of faith, as a, saying, I'm, I'm coming forward, I'm making this choice. trusting what you shared put in my heart last week that you want to bring another coat of spackle that you want to fill in the cracks that you want to remove the scars and if you would we'll lead you in a confession of faith in Jesus Christ just say this after me out loud Lord Jesus Christ I believe that you are the son of God and the only way to God that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again from the dead I turn away from all sin known or unknown and I turn to you, Lord, for mercy and forgiveness. And now, Lord, by a deliberate act of my will, I lay down bitterness. I lay down resentment, hatred, and rebellion. I forgive my parents, and I thank you, God, that through Jesus Christ, you have accepted me as your child. I am not rejected. I am not unwanted. I am a child of God. God is my father. God loves me. I'm a member of his family. And heaven is my home. I thank you for this. Jesus' name. And now, Lord, say this with me. And now, Lord, I now forgive any other person 
be it husband or wife, whoever it may be, I forgive them now as I would have God to forgive me. And Lord, by your grace, from this day forward, I commit to do two things. To honor my parents and to trust my partner in life. Help me to do this, God, by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.